To kick off this episode a little differently, here's Nicolas to give us an acknowledgement of country in Spanish. The idiom reconoce a los custodios tradicionales de las tierras en donde trabajamos. Los custodios Yalukud Willam Clan de los Bunburum Naram. Presentamos nuestro respeto a sus ancestros, a sus mayores pasados y presentes, mientras tratamos de estar a la altura de su ejemplo custodiando la palabra. Thank you, Nick, so much for this beautiful acknowledgement of country in Spanish. Con mucho gusto. For the longest time, I just could not get over the Australian idiom, we're not here to fuck spiders. I mean, what do you even do with that? It's used to say, let's get down to business or let's stop wasting time on unimportant details. I felt like it said so much about Australian culture. This place, full of foul-mouthed larrikins and the terrifying animals, finding joy in just a bit of obscene language. But then I remembered that back home in Denmark, we say... That's some fly-fucking when people are a little bit too nitpicky. So, I suppose we're not too different, after all. Look, I know curiosity killed the cat, but all this made me wonder, why are there so many animals in our idioms? And why do some animals get such a bad rap? I thought I'd take the bull by the horns and find out. Okay, Your Honor. On behalf of the animal kingdom, we object to our characterization through the use of human idioms. Proceed. But I warn you, no wild goose chases. Now, look here. Snake in the grass. Why is that used to mean sneaky? That's just a reptile enjoying the sunshine. Objection. Snakes hide and freak us out. Sustained. Okay. How about elephant race? Hmm? That's when one truck tries to pass another, but it's not fast enough and it blocks the highway. Why is that an elephant's fault? Objection. That's mostly an English thing, and elephants lumber around. Overruled. They said overruled, buddy. Oh, I wouldn't count your chickens if I were you. Okay, okay. In Korea... They say when a crow flies away, a pear falls off. And what does that mean? It means that people see patterns where there are none. Feels a little like this case. Oh, come now, Your Honour. The crow is innocent. I put it to you that this is a kangaroo court if ever I've seen one, even though kangaroos bear no responsibility for the lack of rules around here. Case dismissed. Anthropomorphism, or the assigning of human traits to animals, has been with us for millennia, and we should be proud of it as it demonstrates our empathy. But that doesn't mean we treat every animal equally in our language. Some animals are champion. If you're busy as a bee, you're admirably industrious. If you deserve the lion's share, you're getting the most up there at the top of the food chain. But monkeys, for example... Monkeys are pretty universally used as an avatar for mischief. If you monkey with something, you're messing with it. Monkey business? You're up to no good. If you have a monkey on your back, it means you have a problem you can't get rid of. The Dutch say that even if a monkey wears a golden ring, it remains an ugly thing. While in Spain, they say, although the monkey girl wears silk clothes, she is a monkey and remains a monkey. And those idioms like, you can't make a purse out of a pig's ear, are saying, 
some things cannot be improved. I think the animal with the worst idiomatic reputation might just be the donkey. Want to say someone has been refusing to do hard work for ages? Say they're stubborn as a mule, taking donkey years to get to donkey work. If you want to say something valuable is being wasted, say it's like giving strawberries to a donkey. Oh yes, even in Spanish we say donkey, which we actually will say burro, and we use that word to refer to someone who is behaving in a nonsense way, like a burro person, pretty much. Now all this anti-donkey sentiment feels a little bit like flogging a dead horse. So I went in search of a counterpoint. Hey Runa, I've booked a meeting with the Donkey Society of Victoria. They're in Ballarat, outside of Melbourne. Anne, you're leaving early. As we drove up to their house on their farmland, Chase and Keith welcomed us. Jacob, the sound person, and I noticed one of their cars had a rather interesting license plate. We interestingly, inadvertently created a problem. Our license plate is "I love donks," <laughs> which unfortunately had a double meaning that I was not aware of. So we actually had to stick stickers of donkey silhouettes on either side of our number plate, so people understood that it's not. <laughs> Sorry, this is hilarious. It is hilarious. As we entered the house, it became clear to us that we were meeting the right people, as their house was impressively decorated with hundreds of donkey collectibles. So, but why do the donkey get such a bad rep? You know, donkey work. It's it means to be given the drudgery, low quality, high drudge work because in a lot of places that's what the donkey does the donkey hauls stuff from point a to point b usually lots of stuff a donkey has a much greater carrying capacity than a horse does they can carry much more weight per kilo of donkey than per kilo of horse so they can just load these little guys up and because a donkey is stoic and a donkey won't give up what could be a, a good quality has just been turned into a negative connotation The whole term jackass and ass is come from the word for donkey. The donkey, the donkey didn't get that name from the derogatory term. The derogatory term comes from their name. The donkey is equus asinus. The the actual technical term for a donkey is an ass, but the donkey organizations don't use it because if we were the ass association, abbreviated to ass ass, you know, people would just laugh. I know, but that's the problem because the word is now so derogatory that we can't actually use the correct term for the donkey because it's got so many negative connotations associated with it. I was reminded of a talk me and Howard Mans, our visiting linguist, had in the last episode, with him talking about how good or neutral words often turn bad over time. Is oftentimes a word that starts out quite neutral will develop negative meanings, and I think people need to understand that these sorts of processes happen in their discussions when they're talking to other people about these things. There's something called a euphemism treadmill, is is what we call it, and what ultimately happens with a euphemism treadmill is that whenever you think of a nice way to say something, if it's associated with a taboo or a difficult topic. 
it will gradually over time develop a bad meaning and sometimes an insulting meaning. Another thing that's that's actually quite prominent when we think about meanings is um, we have this law called Gresham's Law of Semantics. And Gresham's Law of Semantics actually picks up on a financial law, which uh, Gresham's Law of Economics is that bad money pushes out good money. And Gresham's Law of Semantics is actually that bad meaning pushes out good. So once again, highlighting that language changes. And this is something that just happens with language, you know, um, that whenever there's a bad word, um, it pushes out a good one. Donkeys are often stereotyped as stubborn or maybe even stupid animals. Would you say that's a fair characterization? Well, it depends on whether you... They're not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. I would say that they're actually probably smarter than horses. They can be stubborn, but that's simply because of how their brain works. So stubborn is a value-laden word. We use it to describe somebody that is refusing to do what we want them to do, to be difficult. A donkey will often not do what you want it to do because it can't see the point or it thinks that there's something inherently dangerous in what you're asking it to do. So is that stubborn or is that a smart sense of self-preservation? Why do you guys think we have this sort of understand, limited understanding about donkeys? I think they're really seen as second-class um citizens in the equine world. You know, when you think of an equine, you always think of a of a horse. And what's your thoughts on that? It's upsetting. The way I see it is a donkey is its own creature. They're not they're they're more closely related to zebras than they are to horses. So being constantly compared to a horse, they lose their intrinsic value, their donkeyness. It's like the ugly duckling. Your honor, on behalf of the Equus Asinus, the donkey We object to the characterization through ways the donkey is being mistreated in our language and always compared with horses. You? Back again? Stubborn as a mule, aren't you? My case in point, the donkey is more than just that. And I've bought expert testimony. Proceed. Think of an animal. It's not very big. It's usually grey. It doesn't put itself forward. It's pretty unobtrusive in the background. It just quietly gets on with things. But it's never the problem. It does as, as it's asked a lot of the time. It helps people get from point A to point B. It's hardy. It can live in the desert. It doesn't need as much water as some of the other animals. It doesn't need as much food as some of the animals. It can browse the trees like a goat if it needs to to try to get nourishment. And it just quietly gets the job done and never complains. That's pretty compelling. I mean, I would argue that, in fact, the donkey is guilty at the end of the day. I mean, if we're going to look at it, I mean, is it guilty of, you know, being an animal that destroys the environment? I probably don't think so. I mean, is it guilty of being a an animal that's stubborn and difficult to handle? Is it an animal that's guilty of, you know, being a detriment to society probably not but it is guilty at the end of the day it's guilty it's guilty of being a donkey and that's what we are objecting to because we don't understand it so yeah we we're try we're putting on trial something here that we don't understand and that's what it's guilty of of being misunderstood uh, and i think you know, if people took the time to actually understand 
you know, what they have in this courtroom, what's facing the court, um, they might not be putting it on trial in the first place. I mean, that's, to me, what the issue is. I mean, the animal's not guilty of anything right now other than being a donkey because it's not understood. Case upheld. I think animals are such a big part of our language because we see ourselves in them. Each one ends up representing a core human trait. Reptiles are untrustworthy and bulls are aggressive and lions are kind of regal and pigs are gross. And donkeys are, well, they're more than stubborn. They're stoic, strong, calming and even kind of cuddly. And it's not represented in the way we talk. The language we create tends to stick and sometimes the consequences are even bigger than we understand. If we're looking at a character trait, a certain type of behavior of a donkey, if we were to create an idiom on the spot now. As serene as a donkey. As serene as a donkey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I have really high anxiety levels and I work in the emergency services field. And there's nothing more calming than going out. So we'll go out there and Shinto will just come and he will just lean on me. He doesn't ask anything of me. He doesn't need to be fed. He doesn't need to be scratched. He will just lean on me. It is the most calming thing. And you look into those big eyes and the fathomless depths within them and their calm nature and you just it just makes you feel at peace. Well, in Spanish, actually, serene as a donkey will be something like sereno como un burro. But I think we could do better. I will say, injustice for the burros, or the donkeys, la felicidad del burro, which could translate as the happiness of the donkey, which actually reflects how you could feel serene and calm next to this amazing creature. The history of humans is also the history of donkeys. For thousands of years, they've helped us in agriculture and construction by carrying loads we couldn't do ourselves. Unfortunately, how we treat donkeys is anything but a good story. Almost universally, donkeys are seen as lower-status animal, which is evident in our language, but also how we treat them. Donkey abuse is commonplace around the world, even right here in Australia. I invite you to look closer at this topic and consider how your language might shape the lives of donkeys. Animals, they let us talk about the full range of human experiences in a non-confrontational way. They open up our language, so to speak. And they help us connect in a way that cuts across cultures. And that makes me as happy as a pig in, well, you know. We just have to remember, when we do so, who the butt of the joke is. <laughs> the Idiom is a production of ThinkHQ and SBS. It's hosted by me, Rune Pedersen. This episode is produced by Jacob Ages, Stefan Delatovic, and Mia Sørensen, and written by me and Stefan Delatovic. Our amazing artwork is by Wendy Tang. Go and check it out. Follow and review us wherever you found this podcast or on the SBS audio app. And tell us your favorite idiom at theidiom at sbs.com.au.